This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today is our full-time Liverpool correspondent, both home and away, James Pearce. Hiya, Jane. Hello, Ian. How are you? Not too bad. How are you? I am fine. And also joining us in a special guest appearance is the Guardian's Andy Hunter. Hi, Andy. Hello, Doily. Former colleague of mine on the Daily Post. Yes, long time no see. It was a very long time. Well, actually, you saw me the other week, but, yeah. but, 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 but never mind about that. Now, James, we are here in Barcelona in front of the Sagrada Familia. It's uh, quite a setting, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, you know, the kind of massive European occasions that, uh, that Liverpool fans are getting accustomed to yet again. And it's been, what was it, nine years without participating in the knockout stages of the Champions League. And then that remarkable run to Kiev last season and, and now on the march again. So uh, it doesn't get much bigger, does it, than, uh, than Barcelona at the new Camp on Wednesday night. Looking forward to it. I mean, it's, it is a big deal for Liverpool. It's also a big deal for Barcelona because they've not been you know, producing in the Champions League as much as they have in, in recent seasons. 2015 was the last time they won it. Yeah, obviously it would have been even more difficult for them to take the fact that Real Madrid have, have dominated the competition in the, in the last three seasons. So, um, yeah, there's no doubt that you know, this is the... You know, I think, I think you, you fully expect whoever wins this semi-final to go on and, and, and lift the trophy in, in Madrid. Um, on June the 1st I think uh, Are you discounting Tottenham and Ajax though? Discounting them but I just think the way that the way that the draw has, has panned out I think it just so happens that the two best teams left in it are, are the two that are meeting in this particular semi-final tie so um, you're right I think you know the, the fact that it's been a few years Barca away from the absolute pinnacle of, of European football and having to sit and watch Real Madrid dominate the competition it would be tough for them to take and you know, that means that for Liverpool, this is you know, without a shadow of a doubt, it's a it's a huge step up in class compared to what they have overcome so far in this competition. You know, did really really well to win away in the Allianz Arena and you know to dispose of Porto so ruthlessly. But they're going to have to raise it on uh, over these two games if they're going to get through to Madrid. I mean, Andy, uh, important matters first. How's your lunch? Uh, just finished. Very nice. <laughs> Patatas Bravas and Chorizo Overpriced Because we're like The main tourist attraction But that's what you'd expect If you choose the wrong restaurant um, But yeah Not too bad A decent start Excellent Now I hope you don't mind me saying this But you are you are old enough To have, have been reporting right. on right, you are to, to be reporting on Liverpool When they were No UEFA Cup winners in 2001 and yes. Champions League winners in 2005. I mean, how does this team just overall compare to that team? Because they weren't capable of, say, launching a sustained championship challenge. Well, they've done that in the Premier League this season, but they've also, you know, allied that with this, this Champions League run. I'd say this team's far better as a team. In terms of how it copes to under pressure, uh, in fact, 91 points says how this team is. I think with two games to go could end up with 97 and irrespective of where the title ends up that is just a phenomenal achievement uh, I think so as an all-round package as a team that's and a manager that doesn't really um, get affected by the the, the moment uh, and the expectations around them just carry on ploughing on getting the results getting the job done um, and adapting to all sorts of circumstances all sorts of different opponents I think I just think this is a far more complete team stronger more resilient uh, defensively superb which those other teams weren't always 
uh, and you know one of the best forward lines in Europe. Um, so and. I don't think Liverpool have anyone to fear anymore. I mean, there were perhaps in those other European campaigns you mentioned, it was a case of Liverpool raising their games to the occasion. But now it's just this is Liverpool's level. This is this team's level. I mean, do you feel as though the team in the Champions League this so far this season has perhaps they haven't really had to go up to the very best level? Maybe maybe Bayern Munich away apart, they haven't really had to have they? I think Napoli at home it is. I yeah. think Napoli. A decent side, and you know, there's a lot of pressure on that on that result. More than anything else, I know it was at Anfield, which always helps. But I think in that game, it did. But yeah, there's, it's this campaign has been so much different to last season's run to the final. It was just like one exciting adventure after another. Whereas this has just been steady progress. I think since that Napoli game, certainly since the. In fact, you'd probably say they found that the knockout stage is so far to be easier than the group campaign. Especially in terms of how they played them as well. Um, so yeah, no, I think uh, it's just the contrast between this season and last season. But again, that just shows how adaptable this team are and, and how they're capable of turning it on or just getting the job done with needs be. I mean, James, Liverpool have played some difficult opponents. We mentioned Bayern. They've also played Napoli, as Andy just said. PSG as well in the group stage. Although you know what I think about PSG. At Barcelona, though, are a completely different level, aren't they? Yeah, they are, and I think you know it, it does it, it does play into their hands the fact that you know they they've got the La Liga title wrapped up now. That gives them the luxury of being able to make changes between the two legs of the semi-final. You think Klopp's not going to have that? Not going to be able to do that, is he? With so much riding on the Newcastle way. Oh, yeah. Every time James speaks, there you go. He stops speaking and he stopped. Anyway, go on. Okay. <laughs> Put the payment back in now. <laughs> but you know, I think Andy Andy touched upon it. I think it, if you if if this fixture had come up even even say a year, two years, three years ago, whatever, there would have been a sense of trepidation coming in, thinking, "Wow, well, you know, oh, you know, can Liverpool really compete in this kind of company?" Because because last season's run to Kiev did I think it you know exceeded all expectations, but I think over over the course of this season we come to realise this is actually the level that this Liverpool team are competing at now. You know I think that there won't be any any sense of, of fear whatsoever going out on the new camp on, on Wednesday night because you know this is a Liverpool team that went and absolutely you know bossed boss proceedings against Bayern in their own backyard only a couple of months ago. Um, and you know, I think James Milner summed it up pretty well after when he when he stopped to talk after the second leg over in Porto, and he said, he said, yeah, you know, of, of course it's going to be tough over in the new camp. He said, but he said Barcelona won't have faced too many teams like Liverpool this season, and I think he's right. You know, they won't they won't have faced a team with this kind of energy, the way that they work collectively so hard off the ball, and also they won't have faced a front line as uh, as potent as as the one that will walk out there on Wednesday. I mean, Andy, I know you mentioned just then that uh, Liverpool have nothing to fear, but do Barcelona, perhaps, then, given what James has just said and, and those examples, do they have perhaps something to fear from Liverpool in the sense that maybe in La Liga this season, with Real Madrid not being as, as, as good as they have been, and Atletico Madrid are a completely different kind of prospect, you know, a very defensive team, very, very clever team in that sense, but Liverpool are something different, aren't they? And is this a team that perhaps they haven't come up against before? Yes, I think this season is starting to show that perhaps the financial might of the Premier League is finally starting to have an impact in Europe as well, certainly in terms of having you know, the, 
number of quarter-finalists there were and now um, two teams in the two semi-finals from England as well so I think the financial power of the Premier League is starting to tell in Europe and I think the Bayern Munich game showed how far the Premier League is now ahead of Germany in terms of the quality the only exception to that I would say would be at the elite of the Spanish League and you look at Spanish clubs record in European competitions for so many years now that they're, they're the exception and I think it's uh, Barcelona have the fear that Liverpool are the worst possible team they could have got in the semi-finals uh, so strong brilliant defensively will have a plan for, for Messi I'm sure Klopp tomorrow will say they don't uh, and that he wouldn't single them out and things like that and it's not a case of singling them out but it's how they defend against them as a team which I'm sure they'll have down to take uh, so yeah there is that sense I don't think Barcelona are the best defensively either um, and you know the Liverpool aren't a team that they face every you know the calibre of Liverpool isn't a team that they face every week in the Premier League but you know I, I say at the top of the, of the Spanish football it is still on a par if not still slightly ahead of the Premier League and so um, yeah I think both teams will respect each other a lot I think both teams know that the other that their opponent can really hurt them and I think maybe that'll maybe make it for a bit of a cagey game I mean, there are some people who are expecting a goal to fest, James, but I'm, I'm with Andy on this one. I think it will be low scoring. Look at what Barcelona did in the first leg against against Manchester United in the in the quarterfinals. I mean, they, they've played United and then they played Tottenham in the group stage as well. So they'll have plenty of experience of playing a Premier League team, but they could fall into the trap of thinking United and Tottenham are, you know, are on the same level in Liverpool, which I think this season has proven not to be the case. Yeah, I think there'll be a lot of respect between the teams. I think it will be. I think it will be tight and, and really closely fought. I think. And I think that you know Klopp, the way that he'll set Liverpool up, he won't he won't be. There's no chance he's going to you know be gung ho or take any unnecessary risks in this first leg because you know he'll he'll I think even even a narrow defeat if Liverpool score would, wouldn't wouldn't be the worst result to take back to Anfield. I think you know he he will fancy Liverpool to overturn a, a narrow deficit if that's what it is with, with having. Having Anfield for the for the second leg, I think, and I, and I think we'll we'll see that with the team that he picks. I don't think, you know, the, an example would be you know Navi Keita absolutely lit up that game against Huddersfield Town on Friday night. But I think well, I'd be absolutely amazed if he started the, the first leg on Wednesday night, just because I think the qualities he gives you in terms of being able to chase a game and all the rest of it, I just don't think that's particularly suited to this one. I think we'll see Klopp go with his. Is tried and is tested in terms of you know the experience and solidity and discipline in midfield. It will be mainly Liverpool set up to contain Barcelona, and then because Klopp will know you know as Andy said they are they are vulnerable defensively, and that they don't face the, the might of Mo Salah and Sadio Mane on a on a regular basis. Obviously, we don't know at this stage whether Roberto Firmino will be will be fit enough to take part. But even if he's not, you know you've got Mane and Salah in unbelievable form going into this game. So um, yeah, I, I think I think it will be tight because I don't think you know I, I think Barcelona, although they are a very attacking side, I, I think they will be very very wary of what Liverpool can do to them on the counter attack, and and they won't want to they won't want to leave themselves exposed. And similarly, Klopp, there's no chance he's going to go chasing a game in the new Camp, knowing that he's got the second leg at Anfield to come. I mean, having said that, Andy, I mean Liverpool 
they played out two sensational nil-nils, which I think you were at both of them yeah. right? in the UEFA Cup and the uh, Champions League second group stage, which is something that we don't we don't do anymore. But I mean, they were two good results. But how important is it that Liverpool actually score away from home? Because you've seen how important the away goal has been, certainly this season, the Champions League for Liverpool and for other teams as well. Yeah, it's vital. I think it's vital and I expect Liverpool to get one. I still don't know whether that'll be enough to win the game on the night, but it's, that's not the be-all and end-all. But I would expect Liverpool to score. Now they've rectified the problems that they had in the in the group stages away from home. Um, I think, yeah, this year... I mean, Anfield is always like probably you know a factor in itself. But you've seen this year that the, you know... A comfortable lead, or you know what you think is a comfortable lead in the first leg at home, isn't the guarantee of progress that it always was. Um, you know, if you had a two 0 three 0 away win, at home win, sorry, in the past, you'd be pretty sure you were going to go through. But that they've been overturned regularly now the last this season and last, and I think uh, that will be on Barcelona's minds as well. Um, I think you know, as Liverpool showed against Bayern, the nil nil at home wasn't the worst result in the world and as soon as they got one the you know the whole complexion of the second leg in Munich turned and, and Bayern who had started to okay or maybe confidently on the ball just that was them panicked so I think the same applies tomorrow um, and but getting the away goal which you you always expect Liverpool to get just because the calibre of the player they've got up front and the quality of the whole play and the way they approach matches approach every match to win I mean, that was the one, I remember one of the a nil-nil here under Houllier and the first question in the press conference afterwards was um, obviously from a local journalist and when it was uh, translated into Gerard Houllier's earpiece, he was apoplectic because the question was, uh, you came here tonight and you played without a striker, you are you have betrayed football. <laughs> <laughs> was that when, when Robbie Fowler was playing left-back at the yeah, end of the game? Like yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously you can imagine how well that went down. <laughs> Uh, I don't expect anything like that to happen on Wednesday night. Uh, but yeah, you know, away goals are vital now. Um, but then again, as we've seen this year, I don't think home advantage is necessarily as strong as it as it was. I think because maybe because of the calibre of uh, certainly in this semi final anyway, the strikers on display. They'll you know they need half a chance and it's it's put away. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. And Jurgen Klopp's never lost a two-legged game in Europe as Liverpool manager. He seems to be able to negotiate this, whereas you could argue that there's certain managers in the past, recent past, who weren't able to do that. Because it's a completely different thing, isn't it? The two legs. Yeah, uh, and you know, there's there's an art to that. It's not no fluke, no coincidence. He knows exactly what he's doing. Um, the thing is, as well, he never gets away, uh, carried away with any first-leg scoreline, no matter what it is. Or where it is, I know it was easy to do that last year because they were Liverpool had a at least a two or a three nil lead going into most of the return legs last year. But even this season, there's been no panic about anything. But I think that that's been the same in the league as well during this running with City, where everyone's like apoplectic about the prospect of maybe having a draw or something like that. And he's just taken everything in his stride. And I think these games. As a football fan as well, which he is, I think he'll. I don't think he's managed the new camp before, um, or not for Liverpool, obviously. Sitting up for Liverpool, yeah. But, uh, I, I'm pretty sure he hasn't actually. He yeah, did I think say he might something be right. about yeah, not, yeah. Uh, not managing a competitive game here before, so he'll relish that. 
just stand, you know, being out there yeah. in that arena and coming up against me having a plan for Messi and we're all talking about Messi but what about Suarez and you know what he'll be like we all, we all know what he'll be like uh, and he, he will relish the occasion the, opp- the opportunity to again because he keeps always saying about you know it's about Liverpool making history and all this but maybe beating Barcelona in their own backyard is another uh, step in that another chapter in writing their own history I mean we're all football fans we may as well deal with the Messi question now we were mentioning this before when we were talking between ourselves that you saw Messi when he, he broke the La Liga record Andy when he uh, what was it how many goals it was I don't know he scored a hat-trick he a hat-trick he? against Seville that's it yeah I mean I've seen him play in the Champions League final against Manchester United at Wembley when he, uh, when he sorry <laughs> when, he, when, he, when he scored and it was, it was weird because this was the United team that was probably you know in the pomp he had like Rio Ferdinand playing centre back, and it was the only only time I've ever seen like a player get the ball, and you could just tell when he got the ball, all the opposing players just not got scared, but they froze because they were just waiting to see what he could do. But Liverpool can't afford to do that, can they? I mean, Jose Mourinho of all people said that, um, and Virgil Van Dijk backed him up actually. He said that you know if if you go one on one against Messi, you've got no chance. But it's about defending him before he gets to the back line it's about putting a cage around him as Mourinho said yeah. so it's going to be more of a job of the midfield and perhaps maybe than defence yeah and I, and I think that's why Klopp will pick a midfield that reflects that as well that's that's why I think it'll be I think you can you can pretty pretty much say that it's 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 three out of the four of of Henderson Fabino Wijnaldum and Milner he'll want that experience he'll want that discipline it'll be it won't be a midfield picked in terms of Creativity in terms of feeding the front three. It'll be a front. It'll be a midfield three picked in terms of closing down space and making sure that I think probably two big things. One is ensuring that Busquets doesn't isn't able to just completely run the show as he likes to do, and secondly that Messi doesn't have those pockets of space he can just drop off into, you know, in between the midfield and the back four and wreak havoc, which he's capable of. But um, you know, it's. For a Liverpool back line that's broken records this season, you know, you think domestically, was it 20 clean sheets, only conceded 20 goals in the Premier League, but you know, this you know, you don't face players of the calibre of Lionel Messi week in, week out. Um, it, it's the ultimate test, I think. You know, Liverpool players have, have, have spoken about that in, in the last couple of weeks. You know, the top players always say, don't they, well, they want to test themselves against the best, and it, you know, it doesn't get much tougher than a front line of. Of, of Messi, Coutinho, Suarez and you know, as Andy said for, for Coutinho and Suarez as well obviously there's that extra incentive as well because um, you know, they, they decided to, to leave Liverpool and pursue their dreams elsewhere and they'll be, you know, they'll be desperate to put one over their former club Andy you mentioned before about the fact that the Spanish at the very elite level they're perhaps at a different level to the Premier League teams yeah. but part of the reason for that is because Barcelona have got Lionel Messi and Real Madrid did have Cristiano Ronaldo so where does say somebody like Mohamed Salah and to a lesser extent Sadio Mane fit alongside them or you could argue Virgil van Dijk I don't think they fit alongside them how, how close are they to them then it's probably a better way but I, I think, think that was an unfair question in the yeah. bracket behind them yeah and but then can't put Van Dyke in there, do you? Do me in there. Van Dyke's the best defender separate. in the world. Okay. You can't compare him to any of those other players that you mentioned. All but right. it, he is out there on his own, yeah. I think, in terms of the best defender in the world. Salah and Mane, I think 
uh, certainly Mane is, seems to be getting better and better and better and I think they're in the bracket below two of the all-time greats and that's what I mean people can you know, talk about oh, a season the, those two Ronaldo and Messi done it for a decade now and we are you know everyone says it privileged to watch them and that you know to be in Barcelona now knowing you're going to watch Lionel Messi on Wednesday night irrespective of the fact that Liverpool in, are you are you excited are you excited about the prospect as a, as a has a seasoned yes. hardened hack absolutely it's, yeah. it's not about being a hack it's about being a football fan what more could you want privileged I'm glad you said that privileged to yeah. be here privileged to be in the stadium privileged to watch him every time you you get a chance to watch him now whether he's on TV or even better live in the flesh you have to cherish it because these are the, the some of the best moments in football James do you agree with that? because I certainly do yeah. yeah 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 I think certainly in my lifetime I've never seen anyone do things to the level that Lionel Messi even, is even Paul Gorst at the Echo Fiberside <laughs> even Paul Gorst no I think no, it's, he, he's just, he's just uh, in a, I, I know obviously the debate will rage between Ronaldo and Messi, but no, for me it, it has to be Messi in terms of just, you know, what the, the, his numbers are just absolutely ridiculous, aren't they? I was looking back the other day and uh, I think he scored 46 in all competitions this season. And you think this season isn't even really classed as one of his like all-time But they've been resting him for the past month, haven't they? They've, the, uh, they've, been, they've been monitoring his minutes, as they say. You know, they've, they've been making sure he's ready for this game because yeah. normally by the time he gets to this stage of the season he's absolutely knackered, yeah, but they've, yeah, yeah. they've made sure he's fit for yeah, this that, one. That, that many kind of chunks knocked out of him by opposition defenders. Well, and his stuff, goal on Saturday to win the league was 34th league goal of the season and he's only played 32 league games. Yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, know, I know we're only talking about him and Barcelona are much more than that. But I think it's all about him as well because he's kind of brought the pressure on himself in this Champions League at the start of the season when he goes out on the pitch and tells the Barcelona fans that it's about winning the Champions League this season. Automatically piles the pressure on. And it's one that when he's looking around the dressing room before deciding to go out and say that, that he thinks they're capable of dealing with. And I know it's a response to Real Madrid winning three on the road which must kill Barcelona yeah. because you know, they've won eight league titles out of 11 now and we all talk about them as one of the greatest club sides of all time certainly the best of the generation and yet in that time their biggest enemies have gone further ahead of them in terms of number of Champions League European Cups won just when they thought they were closing down they pulled, you know, pulled it back so that must absolutely kill them and I do think that's a, a big factor for this semi-final, I think that it's an extra pressure that they have invited and encouraged themselves because they know they've got, they have to keep pace with Real Madrid and uh, try and reduce the gap in terms of European Cups won between the two. And Messi has been a leading figure in doing that. And that's probably why we're talking about him, not just purely for his talent, but because he's the one who needs to deliver on his promise. Final thing then, James. What are we expecting? And I'm not going to ask you for your, for your result prediction, but what kind of game are we expecting then on Wednesday? It is only Monday, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> is it Monday? It, it is Monday, isn't it? Yeah, it is Monday. I actually think this tie has become more important to Liverpool on the back of Man City winning at Burnley on the weekend just because I think there was, there, I think there was a scenario where if, if City had slipped up and dropped points at the weekend, you, you could have made an argument... For this game not being Liverpool's biggest game of the week 
they could have gone to St James's Park on on Saturday night, having the title in their hands with with two games to go. That's that's not the case. Uh, and now suddenly, I think Liverpool have actually got a better chance of winning the Champions League than they have to win the, the Premier League now. That's the the reality of the situation they find themselves in. Um, so it, right, it's just absolutely immense, isn't it? I think for Liverpool, it's all about staying in the tie on Wednesday night. They, you know, it's it's about. I think you know, Klopp's team will reflect that. It'll be interesting to see what he does if Firmino isn't fit. Um, he would be a massive, massive loss. Like I think, I think that's like a. You know, a 15%, 20% swing in terms of chances of getting a positive result. I think that much? Yeah, yeah, because he's so important to this Klopp team with what he does in terms of dropping off in his work rate, especially away. You know, you only have to look at Porto and, and you know, you think Origi started the the, the last game, uh, last round, didn't he, away from home? And Liverpool were completely backs against the wall first half in that game. Firmino came on for the second half. They looked an absolute different team, so you know, that would worry me if there's no Firmino. Um, what does he do? Does he play Origi? Does he play Sturridge? Potentially could even play Shakiri. Could play Mark Sadio Mane through the middle. Um, just because I, I don't think Sturridge and Origi just don't give you anything like the energy that you get from from Firmino. So that's going to be a big thing um, defensively I think Joel Matip absolutely nailed it nailed on to come back in for, for Lovren um, and as we said you know the midfield area will all be about solidity being compact and disciplined um, so I think it'll be tight I think it, Liverpool will get chances on the counter attack there's no doubt about that it's just a case of you know can they make that count and um, it's just all about staying in the tie because I think you know if it you know it, Obviously, you'd love you'd love a score draw, something like that, to take back to Anfield. But even you know a two-one defeat to take back to Anfield, I think that would put Liverpool in a very strong position going into that second leg a week on Tuesday. Two-part final question to you, then, Andy. Okay. First thing: if Firmino doesn't play, what does Jurgen Klopp do? And the second thing is: what could what could be considered a good result for Liverpool? Oh, oh number one, I still think if it hadn't been for Rizzi's problems in Porto, as I said. Origi on the left, Mane at centre forward, and Salah on the right. Uh, maybe, maybe he'll try it again uh, and try and iron out the mistakes of that one. I think that'll probably be the most likely one to me. It's about protecting the left, isn't it? When you know we've got Messi on on that side, can Origi help Andy Robertson in that respect? <laughs> who, bit who of a bit of a can, tough ask there. Yeah. Can in that position, to be yeah. Yeah, even unless if you're going to move Mane. Yeah. Uh, so no, I would. I'd veer towards that, I think. Uh, Shakiri, I don't think so, personally. I think maybe, yeah. Same no change of system, no change away from the 4 3 3, no. No, nope. same, same as Porto away, I think I'll go to. What was the second question? The second question was what could be considered a good result for Liverpool? 5 0. <laughs> <laughs> what could be considered the least good, best result for Liverpool? Uh, I'll pinch James's idea of a 2 1. A 2 1 defeat? Yeah. Well, let's hope you're wrong anyway. Right, so uh, join us later this week where we'll have a bit more from Barcelona. Cheerio. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.